You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. God is not swayed by the ages. The same convictions the martyrs had to die for their faith, those truths are still available to us today in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is still alive. He still indwells His people. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. God says, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. Friends, listen, this is what God says. You either believe him or you don't. I'd like you to take him at his word, friend, and try him out. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll take your stony heart out of you, and I'll give you a brand new, soft, and pliable heart. Verse 27. I will put my spirit within you. Did you get that? This is God speaking. I will put my spirit within you. Now watch. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and you will do them. I love this for this reason. Verse 27 is glorious. Can I read it backwards? Make, might make more sense. You will do my statutes. You'll do my judgments. You're going to keep those. Really? Yep. Here's how I will put my spirit in you. That's how it happens. It's the same equivalent to Jesus saying, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And when you hear that, you feel like surrendering. Like give it up. No, 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 no. God says, I will put within you my spirit. I will cause you to keep my judgments and do them. This is the born again, Jesus said, spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Christianity, don't sign up for it. Don't become a member of it. Let God do it in you by the Holy Spirit of God. It's the Spirit's business to make you more like Jesus. You and I are just supposed to cooperate with him. It's remarkable. He's remarkable. He's also the life-giving spirit. The Holy Spirit is a life-giving spirit. In Romans 8, verse 2, the Bible says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. 
This is so spectacular. The law of sin and death is where I was before I met Jesus. After meeting Jesus, what happened? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus took control of my life. See, how do you know? Because the things of God began to become interesting to me. The things I didn't care about before, now I care about. You begin to think different. He begins to work his life into you. I remember years ago in Israel, there was a, a tanner. Now, that's the, old, that's the old term. It's in the New Testament, book of Acts. But, you know, a tanner is someone who works with skins, animal skins. And uh, you've seen in, like, shop bazaars and, uh, and, and kiosks and stuff, these purses or these whatever it is, and it's made out of leather. Uh, but uh, technically, a tanner did that. And uh, they can take hardened skin from an animal and they work on it and work on it and work on it with oils and lotions and movements and they start to turn it into, does anyone know what a chamois is? Can make it as soft and pliable as a chamois. What's going on? That's exactly what God does with the human heart. I, I came, you come to God with a hardened heart. We've got pain, we've got walls built up. People have hurt us, people are bad. That's bad, this is bad. And all this stuff, we bring all of our scars right there. And God says, okay, let me in. And we go, are you kidding me? But we open the door just enough for him to start going to work. And he puts a little bit of oil. He, begin, he begins to massage and to work in his word. He begins to go to work and your mind begins to get cleared up. The fog begins to lift. Your desires start changing. Absolutely amazing. The life-giving spirit of the Holy Spirit. He says in Romans 5, verse 21, sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's his righteousness, friend, not yours. Do you want that? Does that sound appealing to you? He's the active Holy Spirit. He is the active Holy Spirit. John 17, 23. The Bible says, Jesus is speaking. Listen to this. He's talking to his father. It's a prayer. It's, the, it's known as the high priestly prayer of Christ Jesus. He's speaking to his father. And he says, listen. I and them. The, the, the them is you. And you and me that they may be perfect or made perfect or complete in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and I have loved them, think of all of you right here, and I have loved them as you have loved me, Jesus says. Man, you want to talk about just love and active and possessive and the Spirit of God working, he makes the announcement that he's the active God of Loving us. It's remarkable. We also know from Galatians 2.20, he's the sanctifying Holy Spirit. The Bible says regarding our lives, I've been crucified with Christ. Not only is Christ in me by the Holy Spirit, but the Bible says that I, my life, Jack's old world, has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Please, are you guys awake? Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I may offend somebody. Listen, Listen, just to be, an, I'll equally offend everybody right now just to get this point across. When he says, I've been crucified with Christ, 
It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Did you hear me stress that? Why is that important? Because you coming to this church does nothing to get you into heaven. You being a Lutheran, a Catholic, a Methodist, Assembly of God, what flavor are you? There's 31 of them. Which one is it? Doesn't matter. Are you in Christ? Does he dwell in you? Is he the son of God? Did he give himself for you? These are things that we must answer. I know you may not like me after this message. I don't really care. I need to say this to you. Do you know that if you were to die today, that Christ would invite you or open his arms wide and embrace you into the presence of his heaven? You need to know that. You must know that, Christian. You are to know that. He's the sanctifying Holy Spirit. Next, he's the working Holy Spirit. This is amazing to me. He never stops working. Isn't it amazing? Jesus was here and he sent it back to heaven. Then he sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's been working here for the last 2,000 years. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, Ephesians 3, 17, sorry. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Next, he is the securing spirit. Securing by that, I mean just uh, protecting you, wrapping you up, keeping you safe. Philippians 1.23, Paul says, for I am hard pressed. Listen to this. I'm hard pressed. I'm being squeezed on every side between the two. What is it, Paul? What's crushing you? He's saying this reality. I have a desire to depart and be with Christ. Was he sick? No. Was he chained up at what? Listen, this is Paul's life, his target. His target was to be with Jesus. And he says, by the way, which is far better. He didn't mean to insult them, the Philippians. He's saying, hey, you guys, look, I long to go be with Jesus, like right now. Here's the deal. God wants me to stick around to help you guys grow. Will you hurry up? No, I added that part. But if I were Paul, I would have said, can you guys like step it up a little bit so I can get out of here? Can you imagine? It's amazing. I say, really? Jack, isn't that kind of morbid? Well, it all depends on what spirit's in you. I, I, look, I told you before, if you, uh, Paul, he was the greatest known convert to Christianity the world has ever seen, probably ever will see. He says, to live is Christ. All right, so okay, so you want to live for Christ, huh? That's right. Well, then we're going to kill you. Well, to die is gain. So wait a minute, so what'd you say? I said, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. So wait a minute. If we kill you, you're happy about that because you're going to go see Jesus. That's right. Well, we don't like you. So we're not going to kill you. <laughs> to live as Christ. <laughs> Which is it? To live as Christ. To die is gain. 
You understand? If your target is heaven and the spirit of God dwells in you, no professor, no teacher, nothing, no cultist is going to sway you. It's impossible. It's impossible. God, listen, God is not swayed by the ages. The same convictions the martyrs had to die for their faith, those truths are still available to us today in the word of God. The Holy Spirit is still alive. He still indwells his people. Then listen, the fact is this. To live is Christ. To die is gain. We leave this world, we go to his arms. That's not bad, ladies and gentlemen. That's quite awesome. Remarkable. The Bible tells us that he is the gracious Holy Spirit. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him. This is that quickening I told you about. Having forgiven you all of your trespasses and having wiped out all the handwriting of requirements, that is the list of sins that you've thought and or have done that was against us. God knows. Isn't that amazing? Well, look what God did with that list. That list which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Wow, that's awesome. Jesus died in our place, took away our curse that was upon us. I'll speed this up. He's the overwhelming Holy Spirit. Overwhelming. John chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. That's quite a statement, is it not? You drink the water I give, you'll never be thirsty. Really? But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. This is not of this earth, friends. These next two passages, don't miss them. In fact, Write this down. He's the satisfying Holy Spirit. And I want to ask you a question. I want to set you up for this. Do you know when? Have you ever thought about? When was, the, when was the first time? If you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus said you do, then when was the first account of people being born again in the Bible? That's a good question. I'm going to show you where. John chapter 7. We'll start with this. John 7, verse 37. Watch this. Now, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He's quoting the Old Testament. But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him, futuristic, would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Glorified means he was not yet crucified and resurrected from the dead. You got that, everybody? We're almost done. You got that? Next passage is the answer. When was the first person or congregation to ever be born again? You're going to know the answer. John chapter 20, beginning in verse 19. Jesus now is resurrected from the dead. Watch what happens. It's kind of funny, actually. Then... The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, that's Sunday, 
When the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them. The word is Jesus suddenly appeared. He didn't go through the door is what it means. Can you imagine? Oh, Thomas, are you scared? I'm scared. Peter, you, Peter I'm, I'm really scared. James, James, and James, are you scared? We're super scared. <laughs> Matthew, you're pretty terrified, aren't you? I'm well, just terrified. And then all of a sudden, whoosh. And look, well, he asked, he, look what he says. He says, peace be with you. Don't freak. Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Look, you guys, it's me. Because, you know, they would have thought, being good Jews, they would have thought, this is a spirit. That's what they would have thought. This is a ghost. This is a manifestation. Jesus says, here, look at my hands. What's in his hands? Holes. Opens up his robe. What's, in, what's over here on the right side? Hole. Wow. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus, here it comes. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, here you go. Remember, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And this receive the Holy Spirit is not the coming upon. That's the Greek word epi, epi. It means to come upon for service. God, the Holy Spirit, comes upon Christians who are going to go do something for God. He does it by his power, not by their power. This is not that word. This is the word en, the Spirit of God. When he breathed on them, the Spirit of God moved inside of them in that moment. And let me, what I'm let me tell you what I'm happy about, what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, and Matthew got goosebumps all over his body. <laughs> doesn't say that. It's not recorded. Do you feel that? Oh my gosh, do you feel that? Whoa, are you feeling this? None of it's recorded. I believe that's deliberate. Why? Because that's irrelevant. The Holy Spirit moved inside. They became born again in that second. The Spirit had moved in and began to go to work. And then we end here. What does he go to work doing? Purifying us. So listen, if you're a non-Christian today and Christians have brought you, let me, I'm on your side right now, buddy. The Holy Spirit at work in the life of the believer, listen, none of us will be perfect, but we're not the people we used to be. And by the way, that hasn't come about because we're getting older or because we, we've been conditioned. Listen, we're not the same people we used to be because the Holy Spirit's been working. No, we're not, listen, we still mess up. But if we're really walking in the spirit, you're going to be the first one to know because we're going to turn to you and say, listen, uh, Louie, I'm thinking Louie, right Lucifer, Louie, your friend. <laughs> listen, Louie, what I just did, that's not, I, Christians don't do that. That was wrong of me. Right. That did not represent Jesus Christ. That was a bad attitude. I've asked him to forgive me and I'm asking you to forgive me. Don't judge Jesus based upon what I just did because that was wrong. Okay? So, unbelieving friend, you can always hold your Christian friends accountable to that one. That pastor said that day, if the Spirit of God's speaking to you, you're going to say you're sorry. Well, it's true. Why? Because the Spirit of God's purifying us. He's cleaning up our thoughts. Thoughts. Did you hear me? Thoughts. 
I, like you, am concerned. The Bible says that before Christ comes back, people, their lives will be like the days of Sodom, like the days of Gomorrah. And he says it'll also be like the days of Noah. Do you know what characterized the days of Noah? God said that every thought of every man's imagination was wicked constantly. Does that not sound like our day? But you know what? We are all in that direction in that point at one place. And he's been changing us by his power. That's not reformation. You can have reformation, it doesn't work. I want transformation. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener-supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.